guys, welcome along to episode 148 of Blind Guy Talks Tech for Tuesday the 5th of July. And uh, this week we're talking about all of the big announcements coming out from the ACB and the NFB conventions. Today it's a one product announcement from HumanAware that's got us all talking. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. Yeah, welcome along. It's just me today uh, because I am joined by a very special guest who I'll be bringing in in just a moment uh, to tell us all about the latest product announcement from HumanWare. We'll get into that in a sec, but it has been quite a week already for product announcements. Orbit announcing their new Slate line of multi-line displays. Coming in two flavours. We're learning a bit more about this as the week goes on. Yes, it'll be coming into two flavours, which sounds quite interesting. Um, Multi-line displays. So think um, Bristol Braille Canute, but with a Braille keyboard, Braille input keyboard. That sounds rather interesting, doesn't it? So we're going to hear more about that. Uh, No pricing yet. I know lots of you are looking for the pricing info on this, but nothing yet, I'm afraid. There's uh, been no announcements on pricing. Uh, And, you know, some people saying on Twitter, um, well, that probably means I can't afford it. Well, I just don't think they have the pricing in place yet. And I will say this, when it comes to Orbit displays, one thing they have managed to do with the Orbit suite, I guess, of products is bring the price down. Uh, You know, I remember it being uh, when the first Orbit 20 came out, the Orbit Reader 20 came out, you know, it was the first, I think, sub £500 product uh, that was a Braille display. You know, you could connect to a smartphone, you could connect to a computer. You know, really, really interesting. So, you know, I, I think Orbit as a company certainly seem to be trying to keep the price down. Um, I'm also hearing people saying on Twitter as well, you know, well, what about the other products that have been announced? Um, Orbit Speak, for example. Where's that? You know, it's great announcing all these new products, but where's the ones you've already promised us? Good question. So, you know, we'll try and get Orbit on to answer some of those questions, and uh, hopefully they'll come on and and give us some answers. We also heard, of course, on the last podcast from Ira, uh, Janine Stanley, the wonderful Janine Stanley, coming on to tell us all about the uh, big announcement from Ira at the uh, ACB convention. And, of course, the announcement will be made also at the NFB convention, and it's already being met with a lot of excitement. Ira everywhere. Uh, now, it's going into public beta from July. Um, and I'm, I'm saying from July yesterday as if it was, you know, months away. But I'm forgetting this is July. You know, <laughs> this this year is certainly moving along quick. Uh, but uh, they're going to be opening up public betas. They want us to get involved as a, as a community. And, of course, if you have products like Envision or ARX Vision, then uh, it's going to be very interesting to get people's takes on all this and how it all works. I'm really keen, and I saw David Woodbridge tweeting this out, you know, there's Orcam, there's Envision, there's ARX Vision, uh, you know, who's doing a comparison of all this? I'd love to do that. If these companies want to send me these products, I'm happy to do that for you. I actually do have an Orcam, my iPro. Orcam very kindly sent this through. Um, So we can start there. So Envision, ARX Vision, who actually I am in conversation with, ARX Vision are talking to me about uh, hopefully loaning me a device for a couple of weeks to try out and uh, you know see how this goes. I'd love to try that out. Envision, uh, I have already been in contact with as well. So you know, hopefully we can get something there. And yeah, a comparison, not so much about the connection with Ira here, but actually the individual products themselves, because you would argue, or you could argue, they're all a much of a muchness. 
But that can't be the case, right? Because they can't be. I think Orcam probably stands alone to some degree for for some reasons. Because, you know, for example, Ira wouldn't be able to be part of Orcam because Orcam is a standalone camera. And that's one of their selling features is that this is not a device that keeps images or sends it to the cloud or does any of that. Everything is sent or is actually processed on board. And that's one of Orcam's... Uh, privacy statements, and it's, it's it's a very important thing to realise about it. Now, I don't know about Envision, I don't know about ARX Vision, I hope to learn more. So we will uh, talk more about that. And certainly I would say, if a company is wanting to make itself known in the blind community, partnering up with an organisation like Ira is the way to do it. Because there's a lot of people talking about ARX Vision today who probably never even heard of it before. I think you might agree with that. Anyway, keep your comments coming because uh, we are going to be following all of the big announcements as uh, they come along. I do have a bit of a question for you. I haven't noticed this, but I wanted to put it out there to you today because some of you may have the answer to this. And maybe it's rolling out in the States first and it's coming to other parts of the world later. But I see uh, on AppleViz someone commenting that on the Apple TV, the uh, Amazon Prime Video app is now no longer using the uh, built-in voice, its own voice, essentially. It's using voiceover as the uh, voice to navigate. Is that the case now? I haven't noticed it on mine. I updated my Apple TV. I've made sure my apps are updated. And I haven't noticed the difference. It's still using Daniel as the voice, which it seems to be, you know, like some kind of self-voicing feature within the app. I don't know why Amazon Prime Video did that. If they're starting to roll back on it, I'm quite pleased. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm quite chuffed about that because I didn't like that at all. It wasn't as responsive. It was much slower. I want some control over my voice, and that was the reason I used voiceover. So it was a bit backwards and coming forwards, I think, in the way they did it. So, yeah, if, if anyone else is experiencing that, do let me know if you're experiencing the, the, the Daniel voice is gone. And maybe you use Daniel, so you haven't noticed the difference. You might notice a difference in speed, though, and in the way that the app functions. So do let me know. You can email hello at blindguytalkstech.com. You can hit me up on Twitter if you like as well, at blindguytech, or you can call what we lovingly call the Eleanor line, because our lovely Eleanor likes to call in on 0204 571 3354. Join Eleanor. It's not just for Eleanor. Other people can call. I think maybe there's a suggestion. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe the phone line only works with one person at a time. Maybe you can only call if your name is Felix or Eleanor. Is that is that part of the, is that the way this works? I don't even know who I'm asking. I'm the only one here. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Anyway, um, let's get to our main topic today because another big product announcement was from Humanware. Now, uh, we had Humanware on the podcast just a few days ago. And we put the question to them, your questions actually, about when, for example, Bluetooth would be coming to the Victor Reader stream. And, you know, when will there be a new Victor Reader stream? Well, we didn't really get any of those questions answered in this latest product release. We we got a new product, though, and it's rather interesting. It's called the Stellar Trek. Now, I found out about this thanks to David Goldfield. Now, David Goldfield is uh, an assistive tech professional. He works at Comcast. He's a brilliant guy, and uh, he got in touch, uh, or he put up on Twitter, I should say, um, that this product was there uh, that had been announced at the ACB convention, the the team from Humanware were presenting, and explaining about all this new product and what it can do and all the rest. 
Uh, he put a fantastic blog together minutes after the presentation, which I managed to catch uh, late into the, the morning or early in the morning, I guess, here in uh, the UK. I got in touch with David and I said, look, I'd love to talk to you. And he very kindly agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm really glad uh, he was able to do that because uh, David's here, you know, and I really want him to explain what he's learned about this product. So, David, uh, first off, thank you so much for coming on to Blind Guy Talks Tech. And maybe for those who don't know about you, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself first. So I've been working in the assistive tech field for a little over 30 years and um, starting out doing tech support for a company that you might be familiar with if you were using assistive tech back in the 90s, which was Blazy Engineering. Oh, yes. And... Um, so I worked for them for seven years doing support and a, and a bunch of other things on the side. And then uh, for about 17 years was doing training with blind kids and adults and um, doing assistive tech training. And now I'm a product manager at a media and tech company in the U.S. that you've probably heard of called Comcast. Um, and they just recently bought Sky. So I, I know that's you know familiar Mm. to you in, in your area. Yep. And um, so assistive tech has always been a real passion of mine. I've been blind since birth and I've been using one form of assistive tech or another since probably the 70s. And um, I also run uh, the tech VI list, which is where that message was posted that you saw where I send out regular email updates mostly about blindness assistive tech you could think of it as a top tech tidbits type list but instead of one message once a week which is probably what most people might prefer you just get emails whenever i get them or you can get them in digest mode through groups.io well we'll certainly be linking to that in our show notes for you uh to go and grab because it sounds like a fantastic group not one that i was fully aware of and i'm so glad to have learned about it and uh, i i came to it because of your uh twitter feed and that is how i saw your article uh now you've been attending the acb convention virtually and you heard about humanware announcing a new product now we have had a conversation on this show for some time now about what humanware may do, what they may bring out. There's been rumours since CSUN circulating, and I'm not entirely sure who started this rumour, whether it was humanware themselves or whether it was someone else. But what we learned was that something new was coming, some new product was coming down the line. And uh, finally, we have an idea of what it is. Not in, we, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't been able to get our hands on it yet because it's, I believe, still in beta. Tell us what you've learned about what is coming from humanware. I will. And uh, by the way, I did not start the rumor. Okay. Um, <laughs> it wasn't you. So I, I just want to clear my name here in case people were wondering. So yeah, I've been virtually attending the convention. And one of the um, scheduled seminars was about what's new in GPS. And what I thought it was going to be was maybe upcoming things with the Trek or the Braille Note Touch Plus. I wasn't expecting a major product reveal, but I wanted to listen in and take notes just in case something big was announced and something big was, was announced. So this session was conducted um, on 
Sunday, the 3rd of July, and uh, it was hosted by Rachel Feinberg, uh, who is one of their West Coast reps. There was a gentleman from Humanware as well, but I didn't get his name, and it wasn't the usual suspects. It wasn't Andrew Flatris or Peter Tusick. And um, at first, it was really nothing new at all. She started out talking about um, how to put maps into the track and how to do virtual browsing so that you could virtually explore an area without actually having to be there. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, this is all well and good. And maybe there are some people who don't know this, but I really want to hear what's new and not what's been in the product. So I'm patiently waiting. And then she says, okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, she said, I'm going to introduce a new product. And rather than me telling you what it is, I'm going to let the product tell you what it is. So I'm holding my breath and she's booting up the device and it it's not coming on as quickly as she would have liked. So her male teammate says, well, while we're waiting for Rachel to get the new device ready, uh, are there any questions about the Victor Reader Trek? And in my head, I'm thinking, Okay, guys, please don't ask any questions about the Victor Reader Trek because I want to hear the big reveal. Please don't ask any questions. Just keep quiet. Wouldn't you know there were tons of questions? Oh, really? How do I get the Trek to do this? How do I get the? And I wanted to say, people, they're about to reveal a new product. Could you just let her do? I wanted to be on Zoom so I could say, yeah, I have a question. Could we learn about the new product, please? But finally, um, it happened. So she. She said that the name of this device is called the Stellar Trek, and that's S-T-E-L-L-A-R, I'm assuming. She didn't verify that, but one would assume that's what it is. It's the Stellar Trek. There's no Victor in the name, and it was made clear that this is not a media consumption device. So where you have the Victor Trek, which has all of the features of the Victor Stream for searching for and downloading and consuming books and music and internet podcasts and radio, um, it doesn't look like any of those features exist on this new device. Um, it was using the, I believe, the Sharon voice from acapella. So it sounds like at least while it's in beta anyway, they're still sticking to the old acapella voices. I was trying to get a sense of whether the sound was any better. I couldn't tell whether she had it uh, patched through a mixer, but I didn't think that she did. Uh, it sounded okay. It's very hard to judge when you're listening to it on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. But the reason why that's important to me is because the speaker in the Victor Trek, in my opinion, is a bit substandard. It's okay, but it doesn't have the type of quality speaker that I would expect in an $800 device. So I, what I'm really hoping is that the sound quality will, will improve. Um, she said that it is about the size of a deck of cards. And it has two cameras on the back of the device. She didn't go into any details about the specifications of the camera. So we don't know, you know, what, what, how many megapixels the cameras have. But the reason why you have cameras is there are, there are two features that require this. The first is it has OCR capabilities, and she promised that she was going to demonstrate 
some of those OCR features. And she did, and I'll talk about that in a minute. The other reason why the device has cameras is because it does have door detection. So how Hmm. this compares to the door detection that Apple has promised us in iOS 16, we don't know. What I was hoping she would have done is to say, okay, let's close the door of the room that we're in because she was in the actual uh, room where the seminar was taking place. I would have liked for her to have said, okay, let's close the door and approach it and let's see what the device will tell us. But we didn't hear that. So we don't know what level of detail it has. um, And she did not mentioned that LIDAR is the technology that is being used to convey this information. One would assume so, but we don't know. Um, But it does have door detection, so it will give us some information about doors, and it can read things like signs. She talked about reading a bus stop. Um, And she was demonstrating the OCR. So she she talked about that for a bit. And the OCR has two modes for for reading. Um, You have quick reading and detailed reading mode. At least those are the names that the device was using during the demo. Obviously, this is a pre-release product. This is in beta. So any of these things could change in, in a variety of ways by the time this actually gets sold. It What it sounded like was the quick reading mode was a sort of on-the-fly scanning. And what it was doing was constantly, uh, you could hear the camera shutter sound, that traditional sound that you often hear with camera apps. People who use the um, uh, Pearl camera from Freedom Scientific will be very familiar uh, with that. And... Um, it was, I, I heard that sound in quick reading mode for about three or four times, and then it read this brochure that she had for humanware products. Um, it did an okay job. I heard a few mistakes, but then she talked about the detailed reading mode. So that is, uh, sounds to me like it could be a bit more useful because one of the things that it did was provided some verbal orientation information about where the printed page was in relation to the camera. So it does actually give you some verbal guidance, right, on, you know, okay, move the camera a little bit this way, let's move it that way. And it did a pretty good job. And when she then was satisfied that she was right in the center of the frame, she took a picture of that brochure and it sounded to me like it did a perfect job. So I was actually pretty impressed with that. I'm thinking um, a little bit of like the OrCam there, a little bit of what the OrCam does built into that product. Is that what I'm getting from that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it, it could be very similar. Um, I think someone asked her, um, you know, how far away do you have to have it? And she guessed about eight to 12 inches, which is what you would expect from a from a device like this. Now, you know, there are lots of questions that that I had that, you know, we, we don't know. I, I would like to know, is this ideal for since it does such a good job with with pages, you know, how many how much information can it store? 
Can we save documents to it? Can we transfer them um, to a PC? Is this really something that is a, a reasonably good option for reading books? And we, we don't know that. Um, so she didn't talk about that. Um, it, she did talk a little bit about the virtual map browsing. So of course it's going to, to give you information as you're out and about, but it does have some virtual map browsing features that go a bit beyond what we currently have in the Victor Reader Trek, a bit more detailed. It is a bit longer than the Victor Trek, but not quite as thick and wide as the Trek. So I'm glad to know it's a little bit thinner. Um, we were told it is very similar in size to the old Trekker Breeze. That's what I was thinking of, yeah. That, that style. So it does have, uh, I think she said seven keys, including a directional pad. Um, Below the directional pad is a long button on the left and a smaller button to the right, but she didn't say what the functions of those buttons were for. Um, it, they do not have a price yet. Of course, that's one of the questions that everyone wanted to know, and I wanted to know that. And, you know, basically it's so new, they, they don't even have a price. She didn't even give an estimate. She didn't say when it would be ready or when they would be ready to reveal that price. But she did make it very clear that it doesn't have media uh, consumption uh, devices. It does have Bluetooth. And one of the things that it can support, which I do not believe is something that is available on the Trek, this was one of the things I requested for the Victor Trek, is you can actually connect a Bluetooth keyboard to the device. And a couple of people said, well, why would you want to do that? But she said it's for things like if you want to enter an address, you have a very easy and convenient way of doing that through a Bluetooth keyboard. She mentioned that she had connected it with her brilliant um, Braille display, but she also did say that she wasn't getting Braille output. Now, if they can fix that, that would be a real benefit to those who are deaf blind because if you're deaf blind and you can throw a, a focus 14 around your neck and use this as a braille display and a keyboard wow. while you're navigating then you have actual braille access to everything on the gps i need to make it clear that we don't know that this is what's going to happen the only reason why i thought of it is because she had mentioned attempting to connect it to her Brilliant and not getting Braille. But I would like to see Humanware uh, provide Braille support. I've actually wanted to see that on the track for things like, you know, text and BRF files. And as you say, and has been announced at this presentation, that this is beta phase, right? So maybe, maybe they're garnering a little bit of feedback here from the community at large in the first instance, just to kind of you know, feel out what we're thinking about this and what you guys on the call were thinking. So this this maybe was an opportunity for them to be taking notes as well to, to see what could be added, what could be um, brought in here. Because, I mean, that, for example, why even bring up the Braille display option if you can't get Braille output, right? I mean, that would seem a bit redundant in that case. Valid point. That 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 is, you're probably very much correct there. So 
Um, and the it does have Wi-Fi capabilities. And she said that the reason why you would have Wi-Fi is A, for downloading maps and for downloading software updates. So again, no media consumption here, but if you need to download um, maps for the device or when there are eventual software updates, uh, those will be available. She didn't say whether they were using here maps, which is what we are currently you know, using with the Victor Trek. So that that is what I know. That is what she said. So I was taking notes fast and furious mm. while she was giving this demo. And I sent out the post um, about three minutes after she was done. Uh, so that that is what we know currently. Now, she is going to, uh, I think, be showing these at the conventions. So you know, maybe some people will get a hold of them and they will be able to come back to you and say, well, actually, Stephen, it does have this and it doesn't really do such and such. So I'm sure we're going to find out more, uh, perhaps even in the next week. From your perspective as a user of this, um, as particularly the Victoria Trek and I, I guess the Trekker Breeze prior to that, what is your feeling on that device as a GPS device in comparison to applications on your smartphone? Uh, it's really funny that you ask about this because I, when I got a Trek last year, I got it used for half price. It was a great deal and it was in perfect condition. And there were so many things that I liked about it. And there are so many benefits that it has over uh, or in addition to using a smartphone. And I wrote a blog post about that. And uh, I, I can send you the link if, if you'd like. Please. And after, after writing this, this really long blog post and just praising the benefits, um, earlier this year or late last year, I wound up selling it. And a lot of people will probably look at that and say, oh, well, did, did you mean everything you said? I really do. And that's why I haven't taken down the blog post. But I just found myself not using it. Um, for me, part of the problem was I found the speaker on that device to be very substandard. And I did have it replaced, by the way, because I know there were some issues with some models where uh, some of the speakers uh, were not as good as they could have been. And Humanware, at least as of last year, was actually offering free replacements. And they did that. And they did a really good job in facilitating that, but it still didn't make a difference. There were times I felt like I was listening to music on a transistor radio. It wasn't quite as bad. So that was part of it, but I still found myself still, and this is just me, gravitating to the cell phone. My cell phone is thinner. It sounded better. I had more of a variety of GPS apps. Um, the Specialized devices like the Trek can give you some level of detail, for example, about the type of intersection that you're in front of that you won't get necessarily with Blind Square. So I did like that. Um, the Trek, though, would not tell me what points of interest I was passing while I was driving. So when you're walking, it will do that. When you're driving, uh, it doesn't seem to do that. And if there's a way to get it to do that, I'll certainly uh, 
allow myself to be corrected, but I don't think it does. And I found that to be a little frustrating because I find that information to be uh, valuable and very useful to me. That being said, um, if you look at my blog post, I did point out some real benefits. It is very nice to be able to reach for something in your pocket and know that, okay, this is where the info button is. You know, the buttons are clearly tactile. There's no ambiguity about this. I don't have to worry about accidentally tapping on the wrong thing and going into some mode. And that's very important when you're doing a lot of traveling and you're in a hurry to get somewhere. So I think there is value in those devices. I think they should be considered. And I, and I commend humanware for not only continuing to offer them, but in, but to offer the improvements that they're making. So I have nothing against them. I just found that for me, I wasn't using them enough to justify keeping it. It's really interesting you say that. And I know some people, when they hear me ask that question, they often think I'm heading down the route of, look, just get a smartphone, it'll do it all for you. I actually am not coming at it from that perspective. I'm thinking about it as someone like me who has a diminishing vision, who is trying to get out more and be more independent. And actually, I like the idea of tactile devices. As more sight has gone, having those devices with actual physical buttons on them really makes the difference for me. So I'm quite intrigued by this. I'd like to see what this new device from, from Humanware is, and I look forward to hearing more about it. For now, though, uh, for people who want to read your blog, and we will post to your blog and to the specific article regarding the Stellar uh, Trek, as uh, the new name is suggesting. Where else can people find you and what you do? So I think the best way to find me, um, I, I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, with the handle at David Goldfield, uh, David, G-O-L-D-F-I-E-L-D. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, but all of those links you can get to from my website, which is just davidgoldfield.org. From there, you can get to my blog, which I'm a little bit ashamed. I haven't updated it in quite some time. You know, blogs are like treadmills. You know, we buy a <laughs> treadmill and you think, oh, I'm going to use it every day. I'm going to write every day and it's yep. going to be great. And you start out doing that. And then it's like, oh, it's been, you know, six months. And so uh, my blog has kind of gotten that way, but I do update it. So on there, you will find uh, my thoughts. It's not a full comprehensive review, but it's my thoughts on the Victor Trek, things that I really liked about it, um, things that I thought could, could do with some improvement. Some of those improvements I wrote about are in the Stellar Trek. Um, for example, I felt that the Victor Trek was such a capable reading device, but the one thing it couldn't do was read print. So why not make it a full-fledged reader by having OCR capabilities? And uh, sure enough, that's what we have, except that this new device is not a reader. Uh, whether we'll actually see something like that on a new Victor stream, uh, I I don't know. I, I predict that we will, mm. but my predictions and speculations are really no more or less valid than anybody else's. I don't have any inside information about that. But uh, if you go to davidgoldfield.org, um, you can learn about my mailing lists and what I do during the day and what I do when I'm not working, which is a, a lot of it is still 
playing and reviewing assist with assistive technology. I love it. David, come back on soon. Really appreciate your, your thoughts, your reporting on this. I think your instincts are absolutely bang on. And uh, I look forward to hearing more from you here on our show. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Uh, all the best to you. And we will, of course, link to David's blog and also to those specific articles that I've mentioned regarding the humanware and also the one he mentioned about his views on the Victor Reader Trek as well. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's such an interesting world we are now in with all these new products. It seems like there is a, suddenly a resurgence in specialist tech, and I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. It's just so exciting. So, yeah, lots to talk about on the podcast and lots of your comments to come, I'm sure. Uh, we'll have Sean back with us tomorrow or next up on the podcast, depending on how you listen. And uh, we will uh, get him on. We'll get through some more of your emails. I can also tell you that the uh, Saturday edition is back on Saturday, funnily enough. Uh, we'll post that episode for you and we'll see who can get back around the table. Depends who's busy, who's not, but we try and get everyone together if we can. So, uh, yeah, do check that out on uh, the weekend. And uh, more of your comments, as I say, coming. If you want to get involved with the show then uh, we'll give you all the details. Well, I say I will. Let's hand it to the professional, shall we? Let's hand it to Rob. Thanks to David Goldfield for joining, and uh, I'll catch you tomorrow. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.